Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I have spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Bradley Hamner, you are the founder of Business Growth Curator found on the web at businessgrowthcurator.com. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Bradley. I got to start with the first question. Tell me about Business Growth Curator. What do they do? What do you do? Well, we serve small business owners. Pretty much everybody that we serve is less than $2 million in top line revenue and between two and 12 uh, team members. That's the world that I know. All the businesses that I've started over the over the years have been in that niche. Pretty much everybody is in a service-based uh, business. And I think it's really underserved. I mean, there's a lot of coaches um, that serve, you know, businesses 10 million and above. I'm very familiar with uh, EOS methodology, et cetera. That has obviously very much influenced my career. But I think growing up in a small business family with my father, um, and of course, back then he, there wasn't really coaches to be able to help him along his journey. And a lot of times they say that, you know, experience is the best teacher. And I agree with that. It doesn't always have to necessarily be your experience that you can go through. And so if you're able to shortcut that, there's not necessarily many shortcuts in business, but one of the ways is to get yourself in a community of other like-minded business owners who are trying to accomplish the exact same things. And so that's what we do. We've got a community of small business owners um, in that niche. And uh, we we meet weekly and and coach them to be able to help them what we call um, go from being the rainmaker to become the architect of their business. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I've been married to a serial entrepreneur for 23 years. So uh, going from ground zero to just beyond all expectations is an amazing ride. And to know that there's someone there to support people and business owners and to get that mindset in the right way is is good to hear because I think there are so many businesses out there that are in that 
that window of, of the starting out to the 2 million, there's a plethora of that. And, you know, if we can help each other along the way and continue to build and grow, I think it's a, a great um, opportunity to, to really support and create growth for America and beyond. Um, there's just such a huge need for it. That's true. And, and and one of the things that we say a lot, as a matter of fact, twice a year, we have a retreat for our business owners and it's called Beat the Odds. It's called the Beat the Odds Retreat. And it's because the odds are not in your favor. Uh, business is hard and it gets harder. Uh, 96% of small businesses never see their 10th birthday. That's just facts. And um, 96% of those that make it never cross a million dollars in top line revenue. So, you know, some of the podcasts that I listen to, you know, they immediately talk about, you know, $10 million valuations, $50 million valuations, et cetera. And it's inspiring to be able to see the value that you're able to create. But I think down in the weeds, the stories that we don't hear about are the ones that people are like, okay, I've got this idea, but how do I take this idea to a concept? How do I build an audience? How do I actually get this thing off the ground? And get it to that, you know, for a lot of people, that dream number of being able to have a a million dollar business. And it's really difficult to get to that place, you know, and I think that the more that we embrace the fact that it's hard, I think it's healthier than to hear things to say, oh, it's just easy. You just do this and you just do this and you just hire a sales team and you get a great product and you sell it for lots of money. And then boom, you got a million dollar business. It's like, no, that it's not always that easy. And so, again, I think if you can, uh, you know, equip yourself, you know, I like to say a lot that environment dictates performance. And if you can put yourself as a business owner in the in the right environment, because business can be really lonely. You know this. I mean, if your husband's a serial entrepreneur, um, then it can be really lonely at the top. You can be surrounded by a lot of people, but sometimes people don't actually really get to know you. And whenever you're not, uh, you feel comfortable to be able to share your fears, to be able to fail, uh, share your insecurities. And those are the kind of the things that we like to be able to do uh, with our business owners is to be able to, to get them in a, in a, put them in an environment that allows them to be, you know, fully open and transparent. Yeah, they need each other, um, just like we need each other with these kind of conversations. I spent a couple decades in corporate America, and you you have that surrounding, you have that environment to kind of cheer each other on. And when you do go out and you stick your neck out and you stick your 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 lifeline, you stick your money, you put your reputation out there. It's lonely and it's lonely for a lot of different reasons, but you just don't have that network. And so to be able to surround yourself with those folks is very important. I think hitting that, you know, that seven figure, that $1 million mark, it's such a huge milestone for so many people. Um, and then the point that you make um, about the 10 years and, and just being able to, to continue like that, I was interviewing another um, guest and she shared that 70% of businesses don't make it past that 10th year. So even though, you know, you get in, What's what's your exit strategy if that's what it is, and how do you start planning it from the beginning? And are you going to be able to sustain those practical skill sets that are going to carry you through year one through ten, and then ten and beyond? And even before we we hit record for this, we were talking about just some practical applications, and we probably don't need to be taught something over and over again, we probably need to be reminded. Um, And I don't know if you have some recent, I know I have some recent stories, even from before we got on the call this morning of just some basic 
things that we need to be reminded about because Mm -hmm. we probably have learned this over the years, but from your perspective, what are maybe one or two things that, that you have found lately that are helpful reminders for business owners and folks that are leading teams? I'll give you a specific example from a conversation, a check-in call I had with a client this morning, actually. So I think it's Andy Stanley says that vision leaks. And so it was mid-December. I sat down with this uh, owner and we laid out their 2023 objectives and key results, their OKRs. And we were having a quick check-in call this morning and we had gone through the call, you know, 20 minutes or so. And then at the very end, I said, hey, I just want to recap our OKRs that we set just a few weeks ago. And so I go through his objectives and then I went through his key results and I said, are we, we, we're still good with those, right? This is because it's, you know, early January at this point. And so it was time to say, yes, these are still good. He said, man, I am so glad. Thank you. Please do that. Every time we have a check-in call, please remind me of those things because I will get distracted and I will forget the things that I said that I wanted to do. And so the obvious one is now I call it a blueprint. Okay. We, we call it a blueprint. So a blueprint is three things. It is your three-year vision. It is your one-year objectives and key results. And it's your 90-day targets. We believe that you should have a blueprint for your business. Our main asset we have includes a blueprint and some other things. If we want to talk about that, we can. But each one of those is so paramount. Now, some of the business owners we work with, they'll go as far as to set you know monthly priorities, weekly, and even in a few cases, daily. Now, not every business needs that. But I believe that every single business that I have ever worked with that's in that uh, realm needs a three-year vision, the one-year OKRs, and their 90-day or their quarterly targets. And so those are the things that you have to have a rhythm or a cadence to keep in front of yourself. Because you would think, oh, well, I'm the one that created it. So of course, I'm going to remember. I have so many stories like the one I just told you, where it's like, no, 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 wait a minute. What did I say that I wanted to accomplish over the next three years? It's like, well, this is what you said. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So that's an example. I think that's fantastic. And when, if anybody goes out to your website, they're going to see this word and this word is, is it hit me home again this morning. It was on a call again yesterday. Like it just keeps popping up. It is a word that has stuck to me to the point where I don't know if you follow John Maxwell or not, but I have a word every year that, that I just study and I sit with, and it's just my word of the year. And the word that was on your website that hit home is clarity mm-hmm. and finding the clarity. and. Yeah. There's so much noise out there. We can chase squirrels all day long. And what you're talking about is the three-year, the one-year, the 90 days. That's clarity that you're bringing to clients. Talk about clarity because I can tell (laughs) based off of your energy and based off of your website and what you're talking, you do. Talk about clarity and and how do we get back to that? maybe, Maybe not teach, but remind, much like what you said earlier, remind us. Why does it matter and what does it do? All right. So I agree with you. I think clarity in business is so important. There's a few different places to take that. One is the idea that number one, you've got to get it out of your head and in like on paper into a document. People cannot read your mind and you will forget. You will forget yourself, let alone your team. So I think that oftentimes the the dreams, the aspirations, the vision of what it is that we're trying to build in our businesses, we don't 
maybe it's out of fear. Maybe it's because we're so busy working in the business. I don't know, but like, we just don't get it down on paper. Now, some people like creating a three-year vision is really easy for them. And some people it's not. Okay. So I encourage, we, we talk a lot about thinking time, having a weekly cadence for you to get out of the office, go to Starbucks, put the earbuds in your head, to get a legal pad and actually write down. It removes you from the emotions of the business. And so we really work with our business owners to instill that discipline or that habit of, of, of thinking time. But so number one is you have to be clear. If you're a business owner, you know the value of delegation in, in, in business and, 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 you know, how do you build a team so that you can work on your strengths and not your weaknesses, et cetera. Okay. But the one thing that can never, ever, ever be delegated is the vision and the direction of the company. And so you owe it to yourself, number one, for you to be clear. And then when you're clear, then you can, uh, then you can begin to share that with your team so that they have an understanding of where they're, where, where you're trying to take the company. So I think that it's getting it tangibly into a document. Now, for our clients, we we love, I love Notion. And so we will have a Notion template. So every, for every one of our clients, it, it is a requirement that we know your blueprint. We know your plan to make that happen. That you have a school board to keep track of your results. And we know what your habits are. So those are the four main things that are really the kind of the four pillars that we really work with our business owners. And so we say, hey, listen, at the end of the day, we're teaching you these frameworks that you can use for the rest of your career. We hope that you are a client of ours for life, okay? But if nothing else, you're going to walk away with these four pillars, these templates that you can always continue to refresh your three-year vision, your one-year OKRs, your 90-day targets, you know specifically what your plan is to make that happen. You've got a school board to be able to keep track of the key results. And then you have instilled or are working on your habits as the business owner to be able to make all of that happen. And so we can take that however you want to go. But those are the, that, that, that to me is what I mean around clarity is really kind of those four main pillars. So let's take it one step further. So the business owner, the entrepreneur, the business unit owner, um, the executive, whoever it may be, they have the the clarity and the vision of the three year, the one year, and the ninety day. How do you connect the team? Speaking of delegation, how do you connect the team um, to those business strategies to really deliver effectiveness? Okay, so the biggest thing around communication with the team is a communication cadence, not the fact that it's one big push. Okay, that oh, we're just going to have a two day retreat. And I can just lay this whole thing out. And that one, one day or those two days is enough. No, 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 no. Again, back to Andy Stanley's, Andy Stanley's quote, vision leaks. And so it has to be in a cadence. So number one, one of the biggest cadence is your weekly, your, your weekly team meeting. Okay. Your weekly team meeting and being able to share every single week with your team. Hey guys, this is where we're going in three years. This is what we're trying to accomplish this quarter. This is what we're trying to accomplish this year. So that's one aspect. Secondly, is a quarterly outing. I do believe a, a, a full day out of the office um, to be able to kind of step out. And, and I do mean specifically out of the office. Okay, like get get away, 
close the office, you know, uh, just get away from work for at least at least a half day, if not a if not a full day. And then I think w- regarding your annual planning, so those three um, those three communication rhythms are incredibly poor, important to be able to keep it in front of your team on a regular basis. It's not just one big push. It is about repetition and doing it over a sustained period of time. If you can then hear your team repeat back to you, oh yeah, this is where we're going to be in three years. We're going to be at $2 million in top line revenue. We're looking for 50% profit margins. We're going to have a hundred members. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And you're like, okay, they're starting to actually uh, own it themselves, not just not just repeat it. So you're not trying to get them to a place of where like, you know, my son is 12. And so he's in school to memorize and then repeat back on a test. That's not what we want from our, from our team. We want them to be able to actually understand, okay, yeah, here's the numbers, here's the targets, but this is why all those targets are really important. So I think the only way to do that is through a communication uh, rhythm or communication cadence. It builds a lot of trust to be able to to have that communication consistently over time. Um, I think it's probably safe to say between the two of us, we might agree that that repetition is is going to win at the end of the day and that consistency mm-hmm. is going to win at the end of the day. Um, can you talk about just building trust, building trust within the team and, um, you know, what are some things, some reminders of um, as we head into this new year, how are we building trust and um, just some ideas around that? I would have given you a much different answer five years ago. I don't know what my answer would have been five years ago. Um, I think it would have been an answer that sounded good, um, but I'm not so sure that it was an, it wasn't, wouldn't have been an honest answer. I think it would have been more of an academic answer. So this is me on my own journey towards this. I think it's authenticity. I think it's vulnerability. That's the part that, and everybody hears that and says, oh yeah, well, that makes sense. It's like, well, yeah, but are you fully able to be completely honest and transparent with your team? I had one the other day, the team asked me, hey, what is it, what's our incentive for this thing? I said, honestly, I don't know right now. I don't know. Whereas years ago, I might would have said, well, you know, I'm working on that. I'm still waiting on this. I'm, you know, it's it, like, I don't know. And some of the hardest times as the owners, we feel like we have to have all the answers. And so we're just not willing to say, I don't know, or I need your help. And so I really believe the more times that I have been open, completely authentic, completely transparent, I'm not trying to round the edges. So I'm not, this is not about don't lie. This is about you being able to say, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do that. Or I don't know the answer to that. Or this is the answer. So sometimes it's about saying, I don't know, sometimes it's, a, but really at the end of the day, it's about being completely vulnerable, uh, completely authentic. And to me, the more that I have done that, as uncomfortable as it is, uh, the more that is, it, it has engendered far more trust um, and respect from the team than I could have ever imagined. Um, I've had some you know, personal things, challenges, and that that has opened my eyes to that. And so it's allowed me to pull some of those things in my personal life over to uh, over to business. And I, 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 it wasn't a strategy. I wish I could tell you there was like some strategy of I, I read The Speed of Trust by Stephen Covey. And I was like, oh, perfect. I just need to be completely authentic. No, it didn't happen that way. 
but the more that I allowed myself to just be more open and transparent, the more that the trust has engendered with the team. It, I'm going to go out on a branch and say, having that authenticity and vulnerability with the team to be able to build that in a way, you're going to attract the people that you, that you want, because they see that, that you're able to do that. And that's probably who we need to attract is like-minded people when it comes to that authenticity and that vulnerability to share. And also I would hope to think that it's going to attract people who are uh, problem solvers and not people who are just bringing problems to the table because they want to help, they want to serve, and you're attracting that like that that you're becoming um, even in a short time frame of just from from five years ago to now. What are your thoughts on yeah. that? Yeah, I, I, that, that's an interesting um, that's an interesting perspective that I had not you know personally considered, but I do agree with you. And sometimes the more that you're open and vulnerable to be able to say, you know, I don't really know. Um, we like to say in our community in general, outside of the team is one of the hardest things to do is to raise your hand and ask for help. Okay. So, because we don't want to, in front of other business owners, we don't want to, to, to allow ourselves to feel weak, or I don't know the answers. And so what ends up, ends up happening is a lot of posturing, right? So you go to a business conference and everybody's like, how's business? Like, I'm crushing it. We're great. Met Rand was good. When the reality is you just got off a call, just lost a huge client. You're stressed out. You start worrying about cash flow. Yet a team member has been sick and you feel like another team member is about to turn in, turn in their two week notice. Right. And you're just like, that's the real answer. But what I'm going to give you is how are things? How is business? I will give you the answer of things are great. Things are great. So back to your point about the team is I think the same thing happens is, to, is are you willing to, uh, to tell your team, I don't know, but will you help me? Will you help? Um, and I realize not all the time does that make sense in the context of a team, but oftentimes more often than not, the more that I've been able to be there and say, guys, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed right now. I've got too many things on my plate. Instead of me coming with answers, I'm just coming with a, a, a question and asking them to be able to to help me. That's 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 been really fantastic for me with with the my, the teams that I have across the different companies. And I will say, there's a great quote by uh, Craig Rochelle. He says, "People would always follow a leader who is always real." than one who was always right. And so I, I've, I've loved that quote from him. And uh, I think that it's just been the last few years myself that I've actually began to internalize that versus again, hearing it and then saying, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People would always follow a leader who's real. Yeah, but will you actually be real versus trying to uh, act like you have all the answers all the time? Yeah, that's authenticity right there. Showing up real, no matter what, no matter what the judgment is that you fear, having the conversation, right. throwing your opinions out there, listening, not always having the answers. And uh, that's that's real and that's hard. Well, I listen, I, 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 I've lived my life for years not allowing myself to be fully open with other people, personal life, and then in, in business too. So I wanted almost everything that I coach and, and teach, I'm patient zero. I built to solve a problem for me. 
And then I just started to kind of share it with other people. And then they were like, this is really helpful. It's like, oh, cool. Well, I mean, that's actually why I named the company Business Growth Curator is because I really have just curated information from a conversation with you, of, of course, books, podcasts, conferences, programs I've been a part of, et cetera. And then I just kind of bring things together and say, okay, I, I, I kind of like this from Atomic Habits, but I, I don't know if I really love that as much, but I really love this from now, BJ Fogg's book, Tiny Habits. And so then I kind of like mesh them together to be able to say, this is actually what's been the most helpful for me. And I'm just using habits as kind of an example. I think it's fantastic. And um, just I put something out recently about how so many people have helped me along the way and they've invested their time, their energy, everything just to teach me whatever it was in the moment that I needed in business. And so for a couple of decades, I've had these people pour into me and I was sharing back with someone that, you know, what I want to do right now is to be able to repay them, but you can't repay some of these people. They've retired. Some have passed away. Like these are people that really gave me the foundation that I have now. So my way of being able to, to give back is to be able to have conversations and be able to teach it and pay it forward and continue to take like what you're saying, take what hits home for you and allows you to continue to grow and continue to be better just a little bit every day and be able to share that with other people because there's other people who are in need, just like we're in need of wherever we are. And so to continue to pay it forward that way, that's my definition of being able to pay back these amazing people that help me. And, and I don't, I don't know any other way to, cause there's no bottle of wine that I can go take to some of these guys. That's going to be equivalent of 12 years of mentoring and sponsorship. So that's, that's kind of me opening up and saying, okay, I'm going to pay it forward by just being able to continue to give the way these people gave to me. Nothing wrong with a bottle of wine though. I mean, that's good. Good good bottle of cab. I mean, it's nice. I mean, it's like, okay, I'll enjoy that. But no, to your point. So we have, we, we teach, um, core values. And um, I mean, we call it the core four. So uh, look, I mean, (laughs) I am by far not the first person to say, hey, you need to have core values. We have a kind of a specific way we like to be able to do that. But one of business growth curators core values is to what you just said, growth to contribution. We grow so that we can give, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I'm not constantly listening reading, uh, uh, participating. I mean, I'll tell my, my clients all the time, don't ever trust a coach who doesn't have a coach. I have had so many different coaches and have two currently myself that I learned from so that I can be better for all of you. If I wasn't doing that, you better not listen to me because I'm telling you, you need to have a coach along your journey. And yet I'm not doing the same thing. Like why, why would I do that? Okay. And I'll give credit to, to my mentors and my coaches. And I'll say, well, it's straight from Daniel's mouth. It's not from Bradley. This is from Daniel. But at the end of the day, they appreciate again, that authenticity. That's another thing too, by the way, I'll, I'll back to that for a second is that I would want to say, okay, well, listen, I'm not going to plagiarize this this years ago. I'll, I'll say this, I'll put, I'll spin it away, but the essence of it is somebody else. I wouldn't give credit to that. Now I'm like, it's not my quote. That's from them. That's their concept. If this thing came from Dan Sullivan, the strategic coach, then I'm going to tell you, this came from Dan Sullivan, strategic coach. It has been helpful to me. If you want to learn more about that program, go to them. But otherwise, here's this asset that they freely put out there. I think it would be, it actually would serve you in this moment. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. No, give credit where it's due. Um, and then at times you're going to 
you're going to meditate on some of this stuff. You're going to think about it. You're going to process it. And it may be three different books that you've read, but then you are able to tailor it to where you are, to how you need to receive it. But definitely if one of the greats, you know, is, is sharing this incredible wisdom and, and we need to credit to them, then yeah, because of it hit home to us, the way it was received by us, it's probably going to hit home to those that, that we're able to, to share it with as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you for sure. And, and I think that, you know, there's times, as you mentioned, you hear something, you read a book, you listen to a podcast, you went to a conference and you, and, and then you realize, actually, I don't know where that came from, you know? And there are times with that. I mean, sometimes you're like, well, there was this element of this, but I'm not really, I can't even remember where I learned that from. And that, and, and that happens and you develop your own. I mean, we developed our own frameworks um, that, you know, I could, I could point to specifically and tell you that, that, that came directly from EOS. The essence of that is, is EOS or the essence of that is this person or that person. We have massaged it along the way to make it work for, for us. Um, but, you know, the, the, the general maybe outline or the template came from, came from somewhere else and we were able to apply it and it worked for us. And so we want to be able to get a bit, give it to our, uh, our coaching clients. And you bring your own life skills and experiences into that. And then you respond um, something that CEB and, and um, Brent Adamson taught me a long time ago was teach, tailor and take control. And so you're, you're teaching something new and you're tailoring it to fit that to, uh, to fit that client need. And, their version of take control is just follow up and deliver and take care of the people. So, but you know, they have the, the, the three T's, but it just reminds me of that is we're just going to tailor it to fit the audience and meet them where they are so they can gain the effectiveness that they're seeking. So, yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. Tell me um, if someone wants to continue to just continue to learn from you, Bradley, and um, get in touch with you, what's the best way to stay in touch or, or to reach out? I think the best way is go to and take our assessment. Um, if they go to the RaymakersDilemma.com, they can take our assessment. Um, we talk about how your greatest strength as an entrepreneur can become a debilitating weakness in your business. And, and what does that look like to be able to make the transition from being the Raymaker to the to the architect of your business? And you know what architects use, they use blueprints. And so that's why our program is called is called Blueprint. And so we really help them to be able to gain clarity. Um, once they gain clarity, then ultimately they can, you know, develop the habits in their business as, as, as we talked about, and they got to be able to build a plan. So gain clarity, build a plan, develop the habits so they can grow and scale their business. So yeah, go uh, check us out at, uh, the rainmakersdilemma.com. This has been fantastic. I feel like we could continue the conversation. So Bradley, thank you so much for joining us. Bradley Hamner, you are the founder of Business Growth Curator found on the web at businessgrowthcurator.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherinecanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. 
You can find us more at katherineganty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Ganty. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you.